everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Um, I'm here again with Matt Landis. We did a previous episode, so if you haven't watched it, link below. Mennonites have always been a little slower to adapt new innovations. We've always been kind of cautious. How can we cope with this new emergence of, of all of this new technology? One of the things about first being slow to adopt new technology, that is very much a perception. The interesting thing is Mennonites in some areas of technology. So for example, when it comes to business technologies, um, you know, engineering technologies, solar hmm. technologies, uh, surprisingly Amish adopt solar kinds of things perhaps before a lot of other people. Now that's um, interesting. So it's not all types of technologies that Mennonites and even Amish, and I don't claim to be an expert on Amish, but it's really information and communication technology where they tend to be very, very slow. Kind of like the, the digital age, basically. Computers, yeah. all that, okay. Yeah, okay. so when someone asks a Mennonite to talk about technology at their church, they're not thinking about medical technology. They're not thinking about, uh, you know, CNC machines or mm -hmm. you know, any, they're thinking about communication and information technology and how that affects us. So. In, huh. it's, it's, it, it can be overlooked, but that's usually what they're looking for. So the, uh -huh. recognizing the, the highly significant part of communication and information technology in shaping our lives. So why is that? Like why, why the ready adoptance of, of some technology and not others? I think Mennonites and conservative Anabaptists are very, very sensitive to what shapes them as a people very sensitive they're, they're they just have a you know a hair trigger sensitive <laughs> sensor for those kind of things yeah, and yeah. Um, media ecologists or people that study media uh, Neil Postman for example he has noted that when you change information and communication technology it has dramatic effects on how people interrelate even more so hmm. than transportation so I think Mennonites because of their sensitive being sensitive to that, they've noticed that. And that's why they, you know, of course, depends how conservative and Anabaptist people, even transportation is, you know, they have some questions about it. Sure, uh, but sure. most in the, you know, let's say the conservative Mennonite and Anabaptists, it's largely information and communication that they're really pushing back on. Because of that perception that it, it has such profound effects on culture and even, well, I mean, really how we view the world. You know, if now you get your whole, your whole world just kind of encapsulated by the smartphone in a way, that really changes your perception of, of everything around you. It has a dramatic shaping effect. You know, you, know, you have this people, you know, older people often complain about it. You know, that huh. people are in their phones as opposed to you yeah. know, talking to each other. But, it, you know, no matter how we look at it, it does have a dramatic shaping effect. It, it, hmm. uh, uh, connects people that otherwise never would talk. You know, at one time you could depend on spatial separation. You know, living back a farm lane to be separate from other people. Well, huh. you know, yeah. social media and technology changes all of that. So. Well, and even even I mean, really, I live in Tennessee, like nine hours away. We've never met until you know online. You saw a video I posted, mm -hmm. and you you know, messaged me about it and this, and it happened and now we're here doing this, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that would have never happened 10 years ago. So how do we, how do we cope with the internet age? Because we kind of are in a new age now 
of, of the internet. I would say that we cope with it in the same way uh, that the church has been faithful throughout history. And, uh, you know, that is being a people that are transformed by Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's at the heart of it. You know, we can think about, you know, methods to try to, you know, tweak how we do things. But at the heart of it, Mennonites believe that that is the foundational changing thing. And by repentance, which is changing your mind about the way you think about things. You know, I think it was uh, a sociologist in the 60s, Jacques Ellul. He said that a lot of people think that they can use technology to fix the problems technology has created. But he said it's always too late. And I think he's on to something. So, you know, maybe a way we would think about that today is, okay, so we're going to fix the problem of having access to, you know, inappropriate content, photos, for example, porno pornography. Maybe a way to apply what he said is a filter alone, another piece of technology, won't entirely solve the problem because it's a little too late. Hmm. So really what you have to have is a, a fundamental change of your life. And not to yeah. say none of the rest helps, um, but certainly a fundamental change, repentance, um, and a new person. So, What has the Anabaptist response been to, to the digital age? One of the things that I have done because of my interest in technology, I, I have surveyed between 25 and 30 statements that Mennonites and Anabaptists okay. have made. I've noticed about nine things that seem common between them. Mm -hmm. And you know, so to answer the question, what has our response been so far? Well, number one is, you know, in culture, technology really dominates. You know, it's kind of the, the, the kind of shaping paradigm. If, I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing that shapes. Whereas Anabaptists and Mennonites, they feel like it's Jesus and the community of Jesus followers that really has to shape us. So it's and and because of that, they're they're thought of as people that don't use you know don't use technology. But when everyone or when a significant number of people see technology as kind of the hope for the future, and you know kind of that drive thing that you know drives what people think, and then there's a little group of people here that don't accept that. It's very easy to look like they don't accept technology, but I don't think that's the case. So when it comes to technology, like what are some, you know, for Mennonites, some misconceptions that we have of it, um, because we're not always right, and, but then what are some correct things as well? So I think one of the misconceptions um, that, that you hear is that this is the first technological big transformation that we've had mm -hmm. in history. And uh, it, it's just not the case. The going from an oral culture to a, to a written culture, and mm -hmm. many of the arguments, you, you can look at ancient literature and you can see many of the arguments of going from an oral to a written culture sound like arguments against social media, for example. Um, okay, you know, that's so interesting. It's really, you know, it's not like there was never, and you, know, you could look at you know, going from an oral to a written, and then you went from a handwritten to a printed culture, that was another dramatic shift. And each time that happened, you know, it was a big transformation that the church had to, to respond to or had to, had to move through. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things we often say, you know, young people, they're looking at their phones all the time. Well, one of the things I like to point out is think about us older folks and how much we look at clocks. 
And you know, they, you know, you'll, you'll say the young folks, young people, you know, their, their, their phones drive their lives. But you know, for older people, clocks drive our lives and we have no concern about that whatsoever. So technological transformation, it, it continues to happen and we only usually are thinking about the very latest one. But you know, I, you know, I ask myself, when is there tension in my life and what causes it? It's often a clock that is responsible for it. Just acknowledge technolo you know, technological transformations that have happened throughout history and the church needs to, to yes, judge technology, discern technology, and, uh, and make that move an appropriate way. So yeah. I'd say that's a common misconception. Yeah, yeah, that, that is interesting. Okay, well then what are some correct, some correct perceptions that we have? I was gonna use this as a misconception and a right conception. So often when people talk about technology, they say, you know, technology is, is neutral. It's just how you use it. Hmm. You often hear that, and Mennonites often talk in that language. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, in the philosophy of technology, they no longer think that that's a good way to think about it. So another, another uh, we, we talk about misconception, but, but right conceptions. You know, on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does say, if something offends you, and it, it talks about a body part, then cut it off. And I think Anabaptists are perhaps among the very few that believe at, at some point you can cut things off if they continue to be offense. The idea that you can cut something off is not un-Jesus-like. When, you know, when do you do it? Obviously, there's lots of questions. Uh, groups have put that point at different places. Individuals have put it at different places. Um, but the idea that you can say no to something. In the past, Mennonites have said no to TV pretty unanimously. Um, but that idea that you can say no yeah. um, as a group is, is, is kind of a radical idea, but one that is probably not, not a wrong idea. As far as, you know, how, how do we, as a people, as Anabaptists, move forward in an intentional way, you know, not, you know, completely, you know, isolating ourselves from new technology, and the flip side, you know, just swallowing them, because I have some friends that did that, too. They went the other way, just fully adopted all these new things. Um, where's the middle ground there? How can we move forward in the future? I think Anabaptists have been among some of the most intentional users of communication technology. Really? Okay. Um, that's not often thought about, but when, mm -hmm. when I have reviewed what Mennonites, all the effort and all the, all the things they do to be intentional and, 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 and very you know, thoughtful about what they do with technology, they may be among the most, um, the most intentional users of communication technology. Kevin Kelly wrote a book, What Technology Wants. It's a fascinating book, it's a really interesting read. Um, but one of the interesting things he says, and maybe he gives Mennonites too much credit, but he says, and maybe I'll just read it here, he describes uh, Anabapt Anabaptist technology discernment by noting that, that paradoxically, the Amish and conservative Mennonites are far more scientific than most secular professionals about technology that they adopt. Hmm. Um, they, you know, typically okay. non-religious yeah. non consumers tend to accept technology on faith based on what the media says with no testing at all. As opposed to conservative Anabaptists, 
really testing this thing and you know, giving a pressure test to say, you know, how's this thing going to affect us? Which is really interesting and I think a right way to do it. Maybe we don't always test it as good as we should. Maybe Kev Kelly gives us a little more credit than we should get. But it is true. Um, there's a lot of thought and a lot of, you know, how's this going to affect us and what's this going to do to us? Uh, thought put into it. That now that is fascinating, and I think that's going to come as a surprise to a lot of people who watch this, because a lot of I think the perception often is from the outside, and or from other groups of Mennonite that aren't doing it the same way, maybe, is that they're just not thinking through this, and they're just just kind of just being and eh, just say no to all of it, just to make sure we got the bases covered. Um, that's really encouraging to hear. It's not that one. Thank you again, Matt, for for doing another one with us, and yes. uh, maybe we can do it again sometime. This has been this has been really good. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. For more information, you can go to our website at anabaptistperspectives.org, where we have a blog, and this material is also available in video form on YouTube and Facebook, both under the name Anabaptist Perspectives. This podcast is also available on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Anchor. We would love to hear your feedback, so if you have any thoughts on something that was shared on this show, please let us know. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.